Hey, Brian Kane, the host of the Mental Performance Mastery podcast series here with you. And thanks for checking out this Golf Mental Performance Mastery podcast with Kane and Carp, or what we're going to refer to as Golf MPM. Now, this is a podcast I've recorded with University of Denver men's golf coach, Trey Carpenter, where we talk specifically about golf mental performance, swing management, course management, and most importantly, self-management. Now, you're going to hear us in the first seven episodes refer to this podcast as Breakfast Balls. That was the name of it before I had a moment and said, you know what, we should actually just call this podcast what it is, Golf Mental Performance Mastery. So if you hear us referring to Breakfast Balls, we now call it Golf Mental Performance Mastery. Glad that you are going to listen. And if you ever want to join the show live, just send me an email, brian at briancane.com, and we can get you on the show. Or if you go to the No Filter Network, so check out No Filter Network and then click on Hosts, click on Brian Kane, and you can get yourself a ticket to come on, ask questions. We'd love to have you. Thanks for checking out the Golf Mental Performance Mastery Podcast with Kane and Carp. Take it one shot at a time and let's dominate the day. Hey, what's happening? Brian Kane here with the Breakfast Balls Podcast, feeding the one-shot warrior, soon to be joined by... Denver University head men's golf coach, Trey Carpenter. He was an assistant at Stanford University. He was an assistant at Marquette University. And he's going to join us here today, as he does every week on the Breakfast Balls podcast, where when we talk about feeding the one-shot warrior, what we're really trying to do is we're trying to develop mental toughness on the golf course. And I think when we're looking at developing mental toughness on the golf course, we're looking to try to do is help you to go one shot at a time and give you the best chance for success. And when we're looking at going one shot at a time and give you the best chance for success, I believe there's 10 fundamental skills that you want to develop to create mental toughness. And those 10 fundamental skills are number one, an elite mindset. Number two, motivation and commitment. Number three, focus and awareness. Number four, self-control and discipline. Number five, process over outcome. Number six, meditation and mental imagery. Number seven, routines and habits of excellence. Number eight, time management and organization. Number nine, leadership. And number 10, the right culture. And what we want to do is we want to go in and create those 10 skills by doing drills to help us to develop those skills. So here's what I want you to think if you're taking notes here. And maybe you're listening to this drive and maybe you're watching the replay. But basically what you want to think is if I do drills that helps me develop skills and a collection of skills is a skill set. So what we're going to talk about here in this journey with the Breakfast Balls podcast is we're going to talk about how is it that you can develop these 10 skills that make up mental toughness on the golf course, but what are the drills that you can do? Well, as we know, as a golfer, your focus determines your future and you've got to be able to focus one shot at a time. And if you're going to focus one shot at a time, we have to develop the skill of focus. So what's a drill I can do to do that? The first thing is let's have you go to briancane.com slash cgrid. And start working on concentration grids. Concentration grids is an exercise that's been around for a long time. And it's an exercise where, let's see here. 
let me go screen share, share screen, my entire screen. Perfect. So it's an exercise where basically you're going to be able to, oh, it looks like we've got Trey Carpenter here in the audience. Trey, I need you to hit the knock button and we'll bring you in. And if you're new here to no filter, what I want you to do is participate in the chat. And if you want to join us, you can go ahead and hit the knock button and we can bring you in. So I'm going to again share my screen here as Coach Carpenter is joining us. And when I share my screen, I want to show you how you can use concentration grid to develop better focus on the golf course. So you're going to go to briancane.com slash cgrid. And let's start, let's say, by taking a five. Oops, we don't want to do a five by three, but you could. So five by three. Okay, what I do with the concentration grid is I click on the numbers in succession. So zero, 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 one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Boom. 13 seconds, 0.86. So from the time I start my pre-shot routine until I let go of the shot, right? So in golf, the golf shot's not just me hitting the ball over the ball. It's going to be from the time the shot starts, which is when I start to get my yardage and go through that process again until, let's say, I put the club back in the bag. So let's say that process is going to be about 30 seconds. Let's create and find a concentration grid that's going to be about 30 seconds to complete. So let's say a six by six. I hit concentrate. Gives me a six by six grid. And let's rock and roll and see how long this takes. Uh, so there's going to be 40 seconds, which would be, you know, maybe a six by six is a little bit too big, but maybe you go five by five. But that's about the length of the time I need to enter my think box, make my decision, go through, get my deep breath as part of the pre-shot routine have my target, see the image in the shot shape, get the feel for it, and then go up, pull the trigger, and then release the shot. So when I've worked with golfers, I'll take one pro golfer that I work with who lives in England and was basically shut down during the pandemic. He said, Tanner, how can I work on my focus? I can't go to the course. It's closed. I said, well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to create a grid. I think he did a six by six, actually, about 40 seconds. And you're going to go through and you're going to do that 65 times. You take about a minute break between and you do 65 of these. So you get used to flipping the switch on, flipping the switch off, letting your mind go, do whatever you've got to do for that next next minute or more. Come back in, flip the switch on, flip the switch off. Said so you're going to basically take a scorecard and you're going to go through and you're going to get a birdie on every single hole. So you're going to go through. If it's a par five, you're going to do four in a row and then take a little bit bigger break. If it's par three, you're going to do two in a row, take a little bit bigger break. And that's how we went through to develop that one shot warrior focus. And that's what we're doing here on the Breakfast Balls podcast. Coach Drake Carpenter, we're already given one skill here, one drill, one drill concentration games people can do to develop the skill of focus and awareness. Thanks for joining us on Breakfast Balls. Coach, what's happening? Usual. Good to see you again. Yeah, we're, good uh, to see you, man. Getting geared up for our next event this weekend, heading to San Diego. So trying to get, get the guys dialed in and Mindset all in the right place and uh, go get ready to get after it. Good. Now, when you're talking about mindset in the right place, let's unpack that a little bit. What do you mean by mindset in the right place? What's that mean for you and your team at Denver? Yeah, I think for us, um, one of the challenges we've been working through since I've been here is kind of what are we focusing on when we get to a tournament? You know, like if we're out there after a practice round trying to figure out what my golf swing is, like we're, we're wait, like it's too late, you know, like the time we get on the bus to go to the airport to the time we get back, like it has to be all in on routines. What's my target? What's my focus? You know, not, Oh, my golf swing feels this way today, or I'm going to see how my warm up goes. And then I'll decide what I'm going to hit on the third tee, you know, that kind of stuff we have to get 
our minds around and have a plan before we get there because if we get there and we don't have it, it's too late. And how does that how does that mindset get developed? I mean, is that something that you think golfers have inherently? Some do, some don't, or is it something that they get coached on? I mean, do you literally coach them on taking that mindset? I think it's unique to everyone depending on, you know, how they've how they've played golf growing up. You know, did their parents teach them? Did they have a swing instructor? You know, what what their high school coach do? You know, it's it's different for everyone. And I think that's part of the challenge is getting everyone on the same page. Like what is what is our team culture when it comes to that? Um, cause you know, I've got 10 different personalities and 10 different ways of playing golf and growing up that, you know, we have to find some common ground on a lot of things when it comes to competition. And, you know, so for us, it's, you know, working with you, it's the spaced repetition, I think week to week of what are we focusing on? You know, how are we going to take these events and turn them into positives for us? And, and what are we going to, you know, waste energy on stuff that we can control, not stuff that we can't control, you know, so being prepared for the weather, knowing what clubs we're hitting off, you know, what tees or at least what our target is off the tee. And, you know, if the wind changes, what are we doing? You know, all that stuff that we talk about every time we go. Um, and it doesn't happen overnight. You know, we're not going to show up to San Diego and suddenly be a team with perfect culture and perfect mindset and, and all that stuff. You know, it's a constant progress um, moving forward that we're working on, you know, at least weekly, if not every day. You know, I speak about week, working on something weekly and, and, and on a daily basis. Um, you know, it was interesting watching the final round of the PGA Tour this weekend. And Colin Mirakawa, who led going into Sunday and who ended up closing it out and winning the event. One of the things that was mentioned, you know, before um, one of the things that was mentioned, like before the the tournament started that day was how he's worked with a sports psychologist every week since he was basically, I think eight years old until he was a senior in high school. And what kind of edge does that give to a player? You think when they've had that much mental training? Now I also think is the guy he's worked with is also his swing coach. Now that I've kind of looked into it and done a little bit deeper dive, but what kind of difference does that make when you have a swing coach or you have a college head coach or you you're working with someone on mental performance from the time you're in, in, in eighth grade until you're a senior in high school or the time you're eight years old until you're a senior in high school? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just having a process and knowing what your routines are and what your system is like you're going to have to do that at some point in your career. The sooner you start it, the better. Right. Like if you wait until you're on the PGA tour to have a PGA tour players mindset and schedule and routines and habits of excellence, it's like you might figure it out. You might not. But if you can do that in high school, when you get to college, nothing, you know, the players around you change, the golf courses change, really changes while you level up. Um, so I, I think for him, you know, he's got an advantage if that's all he knows and, and can focus on that. And I think the sports psychology realm of golf is, is historically kind of been one of these things that I go talk to somebody when things aren't working well mm. versus like, this is something I do all the time. And it's part of my process. I mean, guys see their swing coaches all the time, you know, routinely the guys on the PJ tour aren't going to see their swing coach when something's off and that's it. You know, they're seeing them all the time. Even if, you know, they're not making swing overhauls every week, it's usually just, it's basic stuff. You know, how's my alignment? How's my setup? Um, you know, in Morikawa's case, they may talk some mental game depending on who it is, but 
you know, for us, it's kind of the same stuff with you. You know, it's not like we're reinventing the wheel week to week. It's just constantly reinforcing those things that it's kind of second nature for, you know, humans to get away from. It's easy to get negative on yourself and hold on to bad shots. And it's just something that you constantly have to work on. And I think the sooner you start that, the better, because it's, it's a must have if you want to get to the highest level. Well, it's like sharpening the saw, right? And, and Stephen Covey talks about this in the seven habits of highly effective people. And it's, you know, uh, a friend of mine, Jason Kuhn, who's a, who's a former Navy SEAL, now mental performance coach, leadership trainer. One of the things he talks a lot about is, you know, relentless fundamental execution under extreme stress. And he says, that's, that's when I asked him, he was a college baseball player. I said, Jason, what was the thing you learned going through buds and being a SEAL and being in combat and the whole process of special operations and that whole life of yours? What would you go back and tell yourself as a college athlete? And he said, I'd summarize it in six words. If you want to be good, it comes down to relentless fundamental execution under extreme stress. You can check out Jason Kuhn online, Google Jason Kuhn, check out Stonewall Solutions, which is his company, does great team building, leadership, mental performance training. But Drake, how does that mindset you think fit within golf too, of relentless fundamental execution under extreme stress? Yeah, we always talk about, you know, you're going to revert to your level, you're sink to your level of training. You know, you're not going to rise to the occasion. So for me and the guy, you know, we even had a point this year where, you know, we're playing our home course often and, and it's pretty wide off the tee. And the guys are like, you know, we go to tournaments and the golf courses are more demanding. You know, it's, we need to prepare better. And, you know, that's on me as a coach. And so, you know, we went somewhere this weekend where, it's tree lined and these guys are hitting blind shots on golf courses they've never played before. Um, and I think that's the best kind of training we can get, you know, on, and on days like that, I'm not worried about what score you shoot. You know, I'm out there watching the guys play and I'm trying to see who's worried about hitting their target more so than avoiding the danger that could or could not be out there because you can't see it. You know, like that's the kind of stuff that translates to a tournament. And the more we can do that kind of stuff in practice, um, the better off we are. So I actually kind of, I got on Google Maps the other day and I, I laid out our home course and we made some like in course out of bounds and, and made all the bunkers hazards and, and just made some more penal areas out there. So the guys have to think versus, you know, just stepping on the tee and kind of going through the motions because they've been around that course a hundred times. So, you know, I think like you talked about, that's how do I constantly give them something different so that they're uncomfortable or they have to think about what they're doing more because that's going to better prepare us when we're seeing new things on the road. Yeah. I love how you're able to modify the training stimulus in the sense of, Hey, we're looking at a course and this is the course we have, or this is the range we have, but we're going to go out there and we're going to, we're going to treat a sand trap like it's a hazard and you got to take a drop or whatever it is. And you're able to modify the course to make it more challenging. It's no different than a baseball coach who says, okay, if there's a ground ball in the infield, the fastest runner in college baseball is going to get down the line, let's say 4.1. Average runner is going to be 4.5. So we're going to play this scrimmage at 4.0. So there's a, let's say, you know, you got Trey Carpenter who it's a ground ball, the shortstop, he's going to get to first base in five seconds, but they feel the ball, they throw it over there, it gets there in 4.2. So they get you out by like two step, but you're safe because it wasn't under 4.0. So what that does is that causes the defense to play fast causes them to make mistakes, causes them to learn to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think that's some 
a, a, a great way to mod coaches that are listening to this. And I heard, um, oh man, I think I'm reading a book right now called Mind Over Golf, right? I have, I basically went to Amazon and bought every book in the, in the mental game of golf category and I just starting to rip through them. And Mind Over Golf, I think the guy's name is Richard Cope, maybe Richard Coop from University of North Carolina, professor. And one of the things he, I can't remember who the golfer was. I want to say it was Payne Stewart. And he said that Payne Stewart used to go out and he would lay down towels on the range at different distances. And he would basically work his wedge game trying to land the ball on a towel at 20 yards, 25 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards. And he had very specific small targets so that he wasn't just hitting into a, to a flag all the time because we don't do that all the time. Or he wasn't just hitting into open space. He was like, okay, there's my target. That's a towel. That's what I'm trying to go to. So I think any way we can modify the training stimulus to make it more challenging and more game-like, I think is going to be important. Speaking about being more game-like, you know, one of the things that um, you've talked a lot about and, and you've, you've introduced me to is the concept of course management. And I think when we're looking at building the one-shot warrior, feeding the one-shot warrior on the Breakfast Balls podcast, we really look at three aspects of it. Swing management, course management, self-management. Now, I like to focus on the self-management. And as a head coach, you focus on the course management and the swing management piece. You also do some self-management. But I think that when we look at course management, the one thing that you've turned me on to I like a lot is, is Decade with Scott Fawcett. And recently, you know, you and I were talking and, and Scott had a quote that you brought, brought us in the mental game of the discipline from the players on the PGA Tour to the players on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, you know, and he talked about like experiences in other sports, physical versus mental edge in the kind of the average elite performers. But would you unpack that for us a little bit, Coach Carp, about Scott Forrest's quote about the difference between the PGA and the Corn Ferry Tour? Yeah, so Scott um, responded to a topic that someone asked what specifically separates uh, players on each tour. And Scott's answer was patience and discipline and how those two factors impact their course management and decision-making, ultimately leading to their internal conversation and emotional control, which is interesting coming from a guy who's you know teaching analytics and data. But I don't think those three pillars operate in silos. I think you know they're not mutually exclusive. They all kind of they feed off each other a little bit, right? So like if I'm out there and I'm picking a target that is correct based on the data, that should free me up to have a better mental game, right? Like if I know that that's the best shot for that scenario, like I can accept the outcomes because I know I'm aiming at the right target, right? So like that kind of, if I'm post round trying to analyze, you know, what went wrong out there, I know my target was right, right? So like I can kind of eliminate the course management part and now I'm like self-management or did I just make a physical error, right? Like we all make bad swings and sometimes it's going to end up in a bunker whether you had the right target or not. But was that based on a physical error or was it something in my routine that I have, you know, a thought that came in and I didn't back off of it and I went ahead and pulled the trigger, right? So I think you talk about course management, self-management, swing management, they all feed off of each other. And if you're not thinking about all three, I think it's, it's hard to operate with just two, right? So, you know, for us, it's, I'm trying to get the guys more freed up and more focused on their specific targets, which decade will give you versus worrying about where do I want to miss this one or where do I not want to miss this shot? You know, Cause then that brings in swing errors and physical errors when you're, you're guessing targets or, 
um, you know, you're not comfortable with what you're doing. So I think all those three kind of tie into each other a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I would agree completely. It's, and, and I think the one that most golfers resort to is swing management. And I heard, you know, I, I heard the line, I can't remember where I picked it up, but I, I thought it was, was so relevant as they said, hey, let's go out and play golf instead of going out to play golf swing. And when they're out there on the golf course, the, thing, the baseball players do the same thing. Hitters do the same thing. They're always focused on my swing. My swing doesn't feel right. My swing's off. And I had a player last night, one of the top high school freshmen in college baseball. And there's seven games in. First time he's really struggling. And, you know, every, every kid that goes to Division I college athletics out of high school is, is, is good. They've never really failed. But they wouldn't be going to Division One. And when they go to Division One, now it gets really hard, especially when you're looking in the Power Five conferences, right? So he's a Power Five conference kid, a lot of expectations. He's struggling for the first time. I'm like, well, what have you been doing? How you handling that? He's like, man, I go back and watch film after every game. And he's like, and I went back to the fall when I was playing really good. And I looked at my swing. And he goes, my swing looks virtually the same. I said, then stop playing swing. I said, what's the underlining issue? The underlining issue is here. You've, ne- you've, you've never had to play a baseball game where you were looking over your shoulder going, shit, if I don't get a hit here, I'm going to get taken out. And guess what? That What that's going to do, if you have any of that creeping in there going, I have to get a result here because I'm auditioning for playing time or I'm playing in this qualifier, literally trying to go out and, and earn a spot in the tournament this weekend. That's not going to help your golf game. That's not going to help you hit. You know that's going to be real and that's going to exist, but you compartmentalize, put it over into the present moment in the process of what you're doing in that present moment. Easier said than done, but it becomes a lot easier when the golfer practices his process. And that's one thing I don't think they do. They practice the swing, and I don't think they practice course management. I don't think they practice self-management. Is there anything that you do, Coach, to help your golfers practice course management? Yeah, so something I've I've been doing kind of since I started getting into coaching and was familiar with um, decade is I get on Google Maps basically and kind of overlay an overhead view of what a shotgun pattern would be on a tee shot, um, and that gives guys kind of a two dimensional view of when I'm standing on that tee. Maybe there's a bunker that's 400 yards away. But on the overhead bird's eye view, I can tell that that's the center of my shotgun pattern, right? So it gives them a specific target off that tee on a golf course that may, they may have never seen before, right? So like there's so much, you know, what you can do with Google Maps and yardage books and decade and all this stuff. You can have a practice round without physically playing a practice round anymore or get pretty darn close, especially for courses. It's fairly flat. You know, there's not a lot of elevation change. You you know what the center of the shotgun pattern is, how wide that is for each player. And you can kind of plug and play that thing on any tee shot and figure out, am I hitting driver here? You know, am I hitting it to 300 yards? Am I hitting it to 250 yards? What's the play here? Before ever actually really seeing the hole. And, and there are some, there's some outliers. You'll stand on a tee and maybe it doesn't match up, you know, the elevation change or, you know, the, you can't really tell how thick trees are sometimes or what's, you know, under there. Is it a hazard? Is it out of bounds? Is it going to run into the desert? You know, stuff like that. But, you know, for the most part, we could do so much preparation ahead of time, use that to visualize tee shots. And we can play rounds mentally before we show up. And the practice round isn't, doesn't feel like our first view, right? So I think doing stuff like that is, is far 
and advanced as we can and trying to get guys as familiar as possible with the place or at least thinking about it before we show up on the first tee so that when we get to the practice round, we're not trying to figure stuff out. We're not getting out there hitting it. It's not a practice round. It's a preparation round. Like we should be confirming what clubs I'm hitting off tees based on the yardage book, what we saw on Google Maps, stuff like that. I like to call them preparation rounds more than practice rounds. Um, practice is what we did before we got here. Now it's time to compete, right? So, um, you know, we get out there and I like to have guys, let's say one ball, you know, we're not sitting here practicing shots over and over. All we're doing is reinforcing um, bad behavior and bad thoughts at that point, you know? So um, we can do so much, I think, on the front end now with golf, with, with all the data and the yardage books and how good that stuff is these days. It's like the difference between I'm going to the driving range or versus I'm going to the practice area. I'm going to the training area, you know. And I think so many times athletes have such a negative connotation around practice, which is a whole nother conversation. But looking at it as training, I'm going to the training area. I'm going to train my golf today. I'm going to, I'm going to develop my golf skill today. And I go into training with a very specific plan. Instead of going out there and seeing, I go out there and I see too many golfers that do this. They go out and they start hitting clubs and they're like, okay, this one's not working. Let me work on this. And it's like, no, man, before you show up at the practice area, have a practice plan. It's like if you're a teacher and you walk in to teach a class and you got no lesson plan or you're a coach, and you show up to practice and go, well, let's figure out what we're going to work on today. You're losing. You know, so you've got That's to funny. plan yeah. before you show up. Yeah. And, and specifically, you know, we'll get guys on par threes and this happens everywhere in a practice round where they just want to like try every club and figure out which one works on that hole. And I'm like, well, the wind's going to be totally different tomorrow or the temperature is going to be totally different tomorrow. Like let's use some time figuring out what might happen during the heat of battle and how we will handle that versus figuring out what's the best club for this practice round shot today. You know, that, that doesn't help us. Right. And so. You know, I think, and that's the same stuff we do with yardage books. You know, guys don't want to sit down and look through a yardage book and, and see what's out there and come up with a game plan. And then they want to stand on a tee and hit driver three wood and two iron and hopefully figure out which one works that day. Well, what, what happens when it's 20 degrees colder and it's into the window bar and it's raining? You know, if that person gets up on a tee and they're lost because I hit two iron in the practice round yesterday. Uh, what do I hit? Okay. Two iron again when it's driver, right? You know, and it doesn't seem like a big deal in the moment, but if that's two tenths of a shot or three tenths of a shot and we have two or three guys do it, we just gave a shot on the field for no reason. Right. So you know, stuff like that happens all the time when teams and players overlook preparation when it comes to golf. Love that. Love that. Coach Carp, let's wrap up today. I'm going to try a screen share. Let's see if this works. I'm going to go screen share, share entire screen. Let's see if the audio comes through this time. So I'm sharing my screen. You should see it say lay one brick at a time. Do you see that? No, it's not. Okay, fantastic. Well, we're going to dig in and get this dialed in. Basically, was showing you a clip of Will Smith talking about how when he was a kid, him and his brother had his dad say, hey, I want you to go build this wall. You're going to build this wall. And Will and his brother looked at it and said, Man, we can't build that wall. It's impossible. He said, you don't set out to build a wall. You set out to lay one brick and lay it as good as you can. And after you lay that brick, you lay the next one. You lay the next one. You lay the next one. And three years later, they had a wall built. It's still there. And that's golf, man. You don't go out to set to shoot a certain score. You don't go out there to go low. You don't go out there, you know, 
to shoot a 54, you go out there to go one shot at a time and to treat every shot as if it's the most important one because it is because it's the next one. And you go out there and you get immersed in your process. You get immersed in the present moment and you hit that shot to the best of your ability as you can on that shot. You accept all outcomes and you rinse and you repeat as long as it takes for you to finish the round. And when you do, you execute that and you look back, you're going to look like the result. Coach Cart, Breakfast Balls Podcast, episode number two. Thanks for being with us here. We're going to be off next week on the 10th. I'm going to be in Vegas getting some on the golf course myself. So celebrate my wife's birthday, but we'll see you in two weeks, 14 days, or should I say one day, 14 times from now. Until then, Coach Carp, don't count the days. Make the days count. See you, buddy. Hey, thanks for checking out this podcast. This is Brian Kane, and I would love for you to leave us a review if you've enjoyed the show. I'd also love to engage with you directly on social media. So please reach out on Instagram or Twitter at Brian Kane Peak. And then make sure you head over to BrianKane.com and check out some of our articles on our blog, some of our videos. And if you're a coach looking to master mental performance and up your game so you can help your clients get the results they've been looking for. Check out my Mental Performance Mastery Coaches Certification, where we teach you about the mindset, routines, and habits that your clients need to get the results they've been looking for. If you're an athlete or a performer listening to this podcast, head over to briancane.com and click on Athletes. Check out my 30 Days to Mental Performance Mastery for Athletes program, where I walk you through and coach you virtually to help you master the mental game and give yourself the best chance for success. Thanks for being with us here on the podcast. Let's dominate the day.